episode 170 of the Q&A podcast. My name is Anthony and sitting right across from me via Zoom, as always, is my pal DeQuincy. Man, have you ever seen that video of uh, the ESPN guy? He goes to reach for his microphone and he like breaks apart. He goes, this is garbage. Look at this garbage. That's what <laughs> I course. feel like right now because my damn microphone isn't working correctly. I don't know why. So we're coming to you with the ghetto hood 288 podcast over here down bad uh q a pod but that's it. i'm just frustrated about that how are you man? <laughs> i'm good i'm great hey you know i uh, aside from audio issues um hell it's a great time to be a sports fan right now in houston yeah i'm just glad you've been hearing that before i called you i was messing with this thing for like 15 minutes and i just gave up I'm <laughs> I'm going to have to, like, purchase brand all new stuff. This is, oh, fucking ridiculous. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I, yeah. Mm, mm. We'll get through it. Don't worry. Garbage. This is garbage. <laughs> anyway, um, let's get to what we're actually here to talk about. The happiness. Let me move this goddamn microphone on my face because I don't need it. Um, the Astros are back in the World Series. That's it. I mean, that's the headline right there. Yeah, we're here at Celebration Pod. Astros will play the Atlanta Braves starting Tuesday night. Um, I'm here for two reasons. To congratulate the boys who make the World Series and to laugh at Dodgers fans. (laughs) All those wins, and look what it got you. You couldn't even get to a goddamn game seven. (laughs) Relish, relish in it, man. It's, it's, uh... Gotta take it in because the Braves may take us out, but I'm taking it in right now. You, you talked all that trash, all that shit. Fans were throwing stuff on the field and acting a fool to Astros and road games. Just look at you now. Look at you now. Mm. Delicious, I baby. <laughs> so, um, I guess before we look at the series, do you want to look? Do you want to? Like do a quick recap of how the Astros got there, like how we, how they got here up to this point. Because I mean, look, it's you know it's been said to death, but that ALCS against the Red Sox was incredible. Um, man, one of the best series that the, the team has ever played. I think to find a way to win, to find ways to win, to um, to bounce back from two just like abominations for games, games two and three, mm-hmm. and to get back on track, make all the necessary adjustments offensively, defensively, and pitching. I mean, it was the, the perfect recipe to, to get back to the World Series those last three games. Oh, yeah. I'm, literally, the, it was – night and day those first three games versus the last three mm-hmm. 
and I believe we talked about it in the last uh, baseball podcast we did too. We did. Um, I'm not sure. It's been a while since we did a baseball podcast. But uh, basically, before Brent, uh, before Game Four, Brent Storm came out and the interview was like, "Yeah, we think they're we're tipping our pitches and we got to clean it up." And that's what happened. And but um, between games. Let's see. Game one, two, and three, the Red Sox scored a combined 25 runs. And games four, five, and six, they they scored a combined three. Mm-hmm. So Real I, quick. Yeah. I'm not going to put this on the fans and say, for those out there not that may not know, I'm being real with you. Mm-hmm. I still don't understand what tipping pitches means. Like how, how or I, I know what it is, but how does that happen? Well, so uh, when uh, I'm trying to think of the best way to explain, sometimes when pitchers throw a certain pitch, they have a certain routine they get into, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's as simple as when a guy throws a fastball, um, he already has like he already has the grip in the glove, right? So when he throws a fastball, he's faster coming to the plate than he is when he's throwing like a curveball because he has to find the grip first. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Something as simple as like that, or um, a way the guy is standing on the mound, or something like they can pick up on a dugout, like where Maldonado is, like how he's standing. Like, I remember there was one catcher whose name escaping me right now. Like, uh, it was noticeable, like, if he was just squat down normal, it'd be, it'd be a certain kind of pitch. But if he was squat down and he had his leg out, he was expecting like all uh, speed. And it's something like you pick up from the dugout, so like you would whistle if you saw it. That way, you're, you know, whoever at bat would know that all speed was coming. Right, right. But yeah, that's like tipping, like speed of the pitches, um, like how the pitcher looks on the mound when he's getting ready to throw a um a fastball versus a breaking ball. There are things that you can pick up that you see it long enough, especially someone who like Alex Cora, who was with the team before and and still knows a bunch of guys. Right. And, you know, a long series, you see these – it's like um, we talk about the NBA. Like, when James Harden was with the Rockets, he could do stuff in the regular season he'd get away with that you couldn't get away with in a playoff game because you see each other four, five, six times. It's kind of the same thing. Like, you see someone enough, you can see their tails. Right. And that's basically what the Astros were doing – were alleged to be doing in games one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. And they were able to uh, fix it up so the Red Sox hitters and the uh, bench couldn't tell what the pitcher was throwing before he threw it. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah, because I, I always thought it it had to do with like, like I know it's it, part of it is like the way the pitcher is gripping the ball, mm-hmm. like you can tell. But like, it always just I I don't know why I always thought it was just the way they're holding the ball because I'm thinking there's no way that the batter could see that far that clearly. You know, being certain, I, I didn't know if that was it, but everything else that you just mentioned makes a lot of sense and puts it all very, it explains it all very clearly. So I'm just pick, picking up on things like that, like pitchers do, do, that the pitcher does on the mound that mm-hmm. makes it easy for the hitters to pick up and know what's coming. Right. And, you know, perfectly legal, 100%. We've been doing that since the dawn of baseball. Sure. Uh, but once you clean that up and they don't know and they didn't know what was coming, the Red Sox just turned to like an average baseball team. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it also had to do with like um, 
you know, Astros defense shifting and being in the right place at the right time. But uh, after game four, the Red Sox offense was just non-existent. And it just got worse with each game. They scored two runs in games four, one in game five, and were completely shut out in game six. This is a masterful uh, performance by the Astros pitchers. And when we talk about pitchers, let's give it up for the bullpen because coming into this uh, playoffs, we were all nervous about the bullpen. Uh, Jimmy Garcia, um, Maton, Grayman, all those guys, we were kind of nervous about. But watching them uh, just come in and be effective, it's been a sight to see. Effective, not only not only just effective, but effective after games two and three when they was getting blowed out, <laughs> getting blown out and worked early and often. Mm-hmm. Like you're not guaranteed that they're going to be fresh and ready for the you know a long series, and you know they held it together when they needed to mm-hmm. in game three and game four. Um. Fram, they, you know, they, they were non-existent in Game Five because Framber pitched like a, you know, near, damn near perfect, pitching eight innings, which is a huge, huge boost, and it's gonna, I think it's gonna make all the difference in the World Series because that was basically one full game that they got to one extra game that they got to rest and like should be ready to go for, you know, for Tuesday. Yes, I agree. Um... Just a great pitching performance in game five and six between Framber and uh, Luis Garcia. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you saw, but the uh, conspiracy theories were up again. Of course. Yeah, because Framber was throwing like 96, 97, and they were like, oh, it's impossible. How can you add three miles per hour for you before, um, before a game, throwing harder than he's ever thrown? And this, like, the simplest explanation is adrenaline mixed with the new pitching uh, mechanics. Like Strom, you came out and said like the entire year they didn't mess with his mechanics because they were working for him. And then you know when he got hurt, they went back, they repositioned his leg so he wouldn't be putting so much pressure on his knee, on his right knee when he uh, comes off the mound. And uh, new mechanics, new positioning equals more speed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. That was interesting. Again, the conspiracy theories are everywhere. It's just, it's just fun to watch. Like, I've been asking, like, some of my friends who are Yankee fans, I'm like, has it been enjoyable for you to watch the Red Sox fans, media, and even the players lose their mind? They're like, yes, we blew it. <laughs> like, even though they hate us, they love the fact that the Red Sox are doing everything possible to explain how they keep losing to the Astros. When the simple solution is, like, the simple reason is like they're better and they were always better. <sighs> yeah, I mean it's the difference between a division winner and a you know a wild card team that, that got in by the skin of their skin of their teeth. Well got high. Well, yeah, you guys got high. Let's Yeah, I mean as admirable as admirable as it is because we've the Astros have done that in the past. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's no um there's no knocking what they did and how they got there. But at the end of the day, they just weren't good enough. Mm-hmm. 
no offense. I mean, it happens. It's happened to the Astros for a couple of years. Yeah. So far, the Astros are the favorite in the World Series. Oh, it makes sense. Yeah, right. Um, so I got a question. If you're the Astros, do you put Lance McCullers on the World Series roster? Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, I, I guess you do. Because who would he replace that was on the ALCS? Probably Odorizzi. Right? I mean, he was, I think, the only guy that – the only difference, like, they they swapped those two for the division series and the mm-hmm. ALCS. You're great. Because he was not on the ALDS roster, right? Right. So, let's say they do throw Lance out there, and God forbid something goes wrong and he gets hurt again or something like that. Worst case, Absolute worst-case scenario, something you don't want to happen. But in the event that it does, and you, you – you're allowed to if you get if a player gets injured, you're allowed to replace him, correct? Or are you stuck? See, here's the problem. They didn't allow the Astros to replace um who was it? Jake Myers? Myers because he got injured in the previous round and they knew it going in. So if you know if um, they find out Lance can't go. I don't believe MLB, MLB is going to allow them to replace him. Uh, well, that go, there, that, there goes my my thinking. It's like if he gets hurt, you call up Odorizzi, who's already you know who's ready basically, um, and you just you know work with that. But uh, other than that, I mean, I still say you bring him on. Because even if you can get five innings out of him in a game, keeping the team in the game, the way the offense is hitting, maybe at, at home, maybe for, not necessarily game one, not, I'm not saying game one, maybe game two or five if necessary. Um, I think it's worth taking a chance – and sure, it would make you. It would. It would leave you one pitcher short. But you were going to be one pitcher short anyways, because chances are. I mean, unless things are drastic, you're not going to go to Odorizzi more than once in 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 a World Series. Um, I personally, I'd say no, and it's not because I don't. I have no faith in McCullough's um, ability or anything like that. It's because of those three middle games are all in NL parks, which means there's no DH, which means you're going to have to do double switches in the game, right? So the last thing you need is to go into that, those three games, hopefully it's only two, hopefully actual street, but most likely three games, and basically be down a roster spot. That's right, Yeah. Oh yeah, so Lance wouldn't be available to at least Game Six. He, yeah, even if you could say, "Oh, he can pitch a couple innings," it's like, do you know how good he is? Right. He hasn't even pitched since um, he got hurt in the ALDS. Mm-hmm. He hasn't thrown anything, so I just wouldn't risk it. Risk burning a roster spot on a guy that you have 
you basically have no idea if he's good to go at all. Yeah, no, I get that. Um, and I mean, I know I'm, I know it sounds I know it sounds like I'm flip flopping, but hell, I mean, you got there without you. You were able to get through pretty tough Boston roster without him, mm-hmm. um, and without without him unexpectedly, like after game after game four of the ALDS, it's like that news broke pretty quickly after it's not like it was something that we were waiting to hear. It just, it happened. And I think it caught a lot of people off, off guard. So, you know, he hasn't been available for all this time. Maybe, maybe it would be better just to leave him off and, you know, uh, just, Go with what's been working so far. Yeah. And you know what? I mean, look, the reality is you don't need them if Framber and Garcia pitch as well as they as well as they pitched in games five and six. If they pitch like they did in one and two, man, it's it's gonna get ugly. But if they pitch the way they did those last two games, mm-hmm. then yeah, I mean, why risk why risk uh further hurting Lance and hurting the team's chances in this, in this series. Yeah. So I think what they're going to do is go Valdez Garcia uh, and um, uh, what's his name? No, Akiti one, two, three. And then game number four, it's just going to be a bullpen game. Grinky like they did last time. Grinky starts. And then um, Chris and Javier comes in for a couple, for three to four innings. Yeah. Like, I mean, look, we talked about this during our football podcast at the end of mm-hmm. our last football podcast, but, you know, I really feel like if Rakiti can get back to his form of 2019 in the World Series against the Nationals, like, you know, pitching in NL Park, he was lights out. And if he can get back to that, with Garcia and Valdez, how do you not like those chances? Well, here's the thing: I don't need everyone to go out there and be an ace with the way this offensive hit is hitting. You just right. need to go out there and be efficient. Like even if you you go out there and give give me five innings or right. six innings and give up three runs, but this offense, that's still we still have a chance to win. Right? No, of course. I mean, you don't want to <laughs> look. Games two and three, you gave up eight runs in like a, a an inning and a third. Even yeah, just don't do that. <laughs> even the twenty seven Yankees, it's going to be hard for them to, to dig out of that hole. Mm. And this lineup, you know, is not the twenty seven Yankees Yankees, but pretty darn good in their own right. Yeah, they're pretty. They're good. And, you know, I still feel – I feel like they're going to win the World Series. This is no slight to the Braves. I think they're one of the best teams in the uh, National League. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm not over here like, oh, Astros in four. No, nah, I think, like, if I had a bet on it, I'd say Astros in six because, you know. That's right. That's what I picked. It is on record somewhere. One of these last few episodes yeah. did say Astros versus Braves, Astros in six. Mm-hmm. All right, so those are those are adjusted picks after 
the after uh, <laughs> Yankees missed the playoffs. And no, after the, Yankees, the Yankees and the Padres missed the playoffs. No, the Yankees made the playoffs. Remember, they were in that wild card game. Oh, that's right. That's right. Box. Yeah. Yeah. Um, someone was asking me about, about the Braves just yesterday, actually, mm-hmm. or last night, because I was hanging out with some friends and we were kind of following the game. And, uh, you know, later on in the night, when, you know, after the game was over, one of my buddies was like, what, what do you think about this team? And, and, you know, I look at the team, I look at the roster. I mean, we're the first thing is it's impressive that they made it to the World Series without their legit superstar, young superstar, and Ronald Acuna Jr. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he missed the you know half of the season, you know, the la- the second half of the season because of injury. Um, and the guy can hit and he can do he can do it all really. He's one of the top young players in all of baseball. To lose that guy, um, to have guys like like you said, Solaire got COVID earlier in yeah. the season. Um, no, no, like right in the play, he got taken in the play playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> to see some of their guys get hurt and things like that, to see their young pitchers, like you said, Soroka go down early, um, it's impressive. Uh, the line, their lineup. I look at their lineup. Their lineup reminds me of the 2017 Astros. It's just kind of. It's a good lineup, but um, obviously not as experienced. This is their first World Series. And, but, you know, and so that's kind of a scary thought because look what happened with the 2017 Astros. But the difference is they're going up against an Astros lineup that's in their prime, in their primes, the primes of their careers, the primes of their playoff careers. I mean, it's it's gonna. I think it's gonna be a great series, um, and I feel like with Valdez and Garcia, if they pitch the way they did, it's games five and six that our pitching staff is instantly better than than Atlanta's. Who have good young pitching in their own right? Don't get me wrong. Old man Charlie Morton. Don't well, and, and Max Freed, yeah. Well, Morton is the anchor, basically, at this point. And uh, Max Freed, I mean, that's that's a nice one-two punch. But Yeah, it's still a young team, but they, like I said, we, they got guys who have World Series um, experiments, old man Charlie Morton, and that bad bitch, Jock Peterson. I love how he wears those pearls out there. <laughs> if someone asked, the report asked him about it, said they make you feel like a bad bitch. I'm like, I right, do you, man. Hey. God bless. <laughs> and this guy, Eddie Rosario, who yeah. anybody could have for a song at the trade deadline, he has been as hot as uh, Jordan Alvarez. Like, mm-hmm. both of them have been just knocking the cover off the ball. But speaking of Alvarez, did you see that uh, graphic during game six where, like, they showed how Alvarez was basically out hitting the Red Sox? Yeah. The entire team between game four and six? It, it, man, that's Thank you, Dodgers. Woo! Thank you. Thank you for giving me giving us the instrument of your destruction. That boy is good. Man, I really like this Dodgers team. I mean not Dodgers, Braves team. Hey, hey, hey. come on now. Yeah. Trying yeah. to be trying to be uh uh 
try to get along here, me and you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. I slipped on the top. But yeah, the Braves team really good. If they were taking on anyone except the Astros, I'd be rooting for them, you know? I completely agree. And I think if they're playing against anybody else but the Astros, they've got a really good chance of winning the World Series. Yeah. I think they beat Boston. I think they, they beat Tampa. But I don't uh, know how Tampa failed against the, the Red Sox. I still don't understand that. Uh, you know, just Red Sox were hotter. I mean, that's basically all that was. Yeah, that's basically all the playoffs are. It's not the best team. It's whoever can get on a run. Because we've seen year after year wild card teams make it all the way to the World Series. Mm-hmm. Hell, the Braves only won 88 games. Mm-hmm. They weren't above 500 until, like, I think August 6th, August 8th, something like that. Yeah. And to see them making all the way to the World Series, it's a, what hell of an accomplishment. I take my hat off to these guys. So, for the Astros, mm-hmm. who's your, who are your two key players? Your your key offensive player and your key um, pitcher. Ooh, that's a good question. Let me think about that. Do you have Do you have one? Um. Offensively, it's it's got to be Alvarez because he's got to make the most of the DH games. And do you put him in the outfield in place of Brantley? I think at home at at, at Atlanta to get that bat in the lineup mm-hmm. because I think you do. I think you do depending on who's pitching. Mm-hmm. Oh, so if it's like a left-handed pitcher. No, if it's like a ground ball pitcher, you can put him in. But I think the only guy who really liked that is Valdez. Right, right. I'd have right. a ground ball guy out there. Mm-hmm. That way he has less opportunities and less chances to make mistakes. Yeah. Well, you know what? No, I'm, I'm gonna, Actually, I'm going to change my mind. I'm not going to say Valdez, uh, Alvarez. I'm going to say the key to the offense – in this series, it's going to have to be uh, Tucker. Ooh, that's what I was looking at. Yeah. Because his his bat is going to be in the lineup all seven games if necessary. Um, and, you know, he's going to be right in the middle of the order. Mm-hmm. Well, Probably <laughs> moving up in the order when Alvarez is, isn't – if Alvarez isn't playing. Mm-hmm. So – He's going to be up and down the order during the series, and it's he he's got to be locked in for every every game that he's, whether he's hitting fifth or fourth or sixth, he he's got to be ready to, he's got to be ready for situate for that those situations, all three situations, in the series, and that's a lot of pressure because, you know, baseball is a game of routine. You know, that's that's the thing. You know, we talk about the most. It's like, you know. If you know you're hitting third all season, like you're ready, you're ready for those situations, you're ready, you know, for that spot. And we've seen our guys go up and down the order throughout the season, but you know, this is the postseason, this is the end. Like usually you have it down by now. Um, but the circumstances are, are changed because you're losing a you're potentially losing a huge at bat mm-hmm. if Alvarez isn't, isn't in the lineup. 
And if Alvarez isn't in the lineup, if Alvarez does replace Brantley in the lineup and in the outfield for one of those uh, National League games, does Tucker, how far up the lineup does he move? Do you go Altuve, I, Bregman, and then oh, Alvarez? No. The, I guarantee the lineup's going to stay exactly how it is. It's going to be Altuve, Brantley, Bregman, Alvarez, Correa, Correa, and then Tucker. He's going to be like hitting sixth or seventh. Right. So let's say Brantley doesn't play to get Alvarez's bat in the lineup. Oh, Who hits second? Is it? Do you move Bregman up? Yeah. Man, that's a very good question. I, you could potentially hit Tucker there. You could hit Tucker there. You could really cause a problem and hit Alvarez there. Yeah. But you're right. I completely uh, misunderstood the question. But you're right. Brantley isn't there. Who hit second? I don't know. Might just like scratch him out, just have our two way breakman Alvarez. Mm-hmm. But that would be up for Dusty to decide. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. And then pitching, I think. I think the key pitcher has got to be – it's got to be Valdez. He's got to set the tone for game one. If I had to pick um, – for my key hitter, I got to pick Bregman. I got to see – I want to see what he has. This is the, the – Right. You know, the brightest lights, biggest stage. And he's usually a guy who feasts on that. So – He's got to get back to that that old form that – yeah, that swagger they were talking about when yeah. they were interviewing him. <laughs> Have you seen him run the first base on a on a ground out? He's definitely only going like sixty percent. Oh yeah, that hamstring man. That's, yeah, it's, it's, it's like, in his like, head. People talk about oh, when if Correa leaves, then you can move Bregman over to shortstop. I'm like, no, the fuck, you cannot. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. If Correa leaves, they're either signing a shortstop or bringing up that Pena kid from AAA. They are definitely not moving him over. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry to tell you that right now. And uh, for pitching, you know, you pick Valdez. That's very good. Um, and I kind of want to see what Grinky has left in the tank in National that's, Park. Yep, that's what I was thinking too. But, you know, the guy who I think is really – we're going to see and has really been like the MVP of the bullpen, Christian Javier. Great pick as well. Yeah, yeah I – I'm interested to see what he can see in the World Series because I think this is like – I wouldn't say his audition for the rotation next year because I think he's in it no matter what. But mm-hmm. definitely like, you can imagine that guy being out here and pulling the um, the Luis Garcia desire of pitching 180 innings of number two stuff. Like I'd love watching what he's done in the bullpen and them saving his arm. I know it sounds it, – it probably would sounds crazy in hindsight, but – had Alvarez not start hitting out of his mind in those last three games like he did, I think Javier is your ALCS MVP. I mean, I'm not going to argue against that. Because he was that, that steady hand in the bullpen when mm-hmm. things got real bad real quick. Pitched two innings each game and was perfect almost. Yeah, that's why that bullpen game in game four is going to be – it's going to be interesting because they're going to start with Grinky and then Javier's going to come in. Or they mm-hmm. might do Grinky or uh, Odorizzi and then Javier.
I think they're going to win. Um, my final prediction, Astros and six. Astros and six. Yeah. Anyway. But I think it's going to be a fun series, no matter what. Yeah. My favorite part right now, is, my favorite thing right now is just seeing people online talk about, oh, who's going to watch this series? No one's going to watch them. Like, y'all are going to watch it because y'all hate watch. Y'all hate watching the Astros the entire year. What are you talking about? I guarantee you this series is going to have better ratings than the um, 2020 World Series. I guarantee you that. Y'all are going to hate watch because y'all want to see Astros fail. Yep. And then they're going to complain about karma and stuff like that when it doesn't happen because bad guys win all the time in the world. So, I'm excited. I'm ready. Then, once this is over, we're going to talk about some off-season things. Mm-hmm. No, number one is uh, pay Korea. Give that man his money. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know what? Someone we, we haven't talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this would be the best. The best story coming out of this would be the Astros winning the World Series. And I think the decision that would follow would be embraced by everybody from top to bottom in the organization. We would 100% say yes. You a thousand percent. You deserve this. Dusty Baker retires on top as manager of a world championship team. That's 72 years old. I think that's the best story that could happen. And I think nobody would, would try and make him come back and, and, you know, resist that his decision to, to retire on top as manager. Yeah. Nobody would. That'd be a great Disney story. Unfortunately, he's already said that he wants to come back in that next year. Oh, he did. Yeah, I didn't hear that. <laughs> yeah, I just saw uh, what was it? MLB trade rumors. They talking about he wants to come back, and Jim Crane's open to it. Oh man, okay. Well, there goes that. Yeah, that's one song. That'd be the end of the story. Disney movie, like Dusty Breaker retired. Like they would have this, the uh, the um, the still shot of him with the arm in the air going, yeah, and then the the uh, the letters be like Dusty Baker retired right after. He lived the rest of his life in happiness, but that's not how this is gonna work. Uh, it's gonna, it's gonna, what it's gonna say is Dusty Baker went on t- to manage four more seasons. His teams finished a combined one hundred and fifty, and you know, whatever, four hundred. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So sorry to kick your drink there, buddy. Okay. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I did not see that, but okay. Hey, you know what? He's a great manager, and uh, if he, if he can still be that steady, steady force, you know, to get these guys going and bringing that old school mentality with you know peppering in with the the new, you know, the, the new way the way things are done now, I'm all for it. That's fine. Yeah. It's working. That's all I need to say. Yeah. Uh, anything else, man? Um, no, that's it. Yeah. Well, one more thing. We can. Oh, yeah. It's uh, it's guaranteed that Maldonado is not being taken out of this lineup. 
oh, after that strike him out, throw him out during the seventh inning, there's no way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let me take this time to apologize to both uh, Maldonado and Dusty Baker. Yeah, y'all guys know what y'all are doing. Shut me up. <laughs> We're going to be watching that play in Astros history for the next decade. Yep. Especially if they go on to win the World Series. Yeah. And big balls by uh, Graveman throwing that changeup on 3 1, getting that 3 2 strike, and then throwing that fastball right past the hitter and giving Bonaldo a chance to throw out, um, who was it, Verdugo? Yes. All right. Yeah. And Carlos Correa looked like a kid in a candy store. <laughs> okay, man, come on, Jim. Sign that man. I need that joint excitement for the next eight years. Come on. And you're making the money up anyway with all these playoff games. You keep, they keep breaking it. Come on now. Right. They can afford it. Mm-hmm. What's the point of being a billionaire owner of a team if people hate you for it? You know? Oh, what time? All right, so this one is five. We're about time to get out of here. Uh, both of us say Astros and six. Tip of the hat to the Atlanta Braves and their fans. And um, hopefully it's a very enjoyable, very fun series that the Astros win. I can't wait, man. Uh, it's it's going to be great. It's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Lots of fun. All right, well, we just wanted to get a quick podcast in. Um Wish our recording situation is better, <laughs> but uh, we'll be back later uh, this week, hopefully, with the uh, football podcast talking about another Texans loss in about two hours. Oh, boy. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, they're taking my Carter's. they got no shot. I'm sorry, let me not lie. All I right, to end this episode, like, ep- this is this episode is about the Astros, it's not Empire Strikes Back, <laughs> it's not ending on a down ending. Let me say this I'm never gonna lie to our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> So things are shitty. I would let them know things are shitty. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. I get it. I totally get it. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, on that sour note, we're out of here. We'll be back. Like I said, we'll be back later. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. And we'll see y'all later. For Anthony, I'm the Quincy. Later, baby. <laughs>